You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You and I were designed by God to be with Him in worship and in fellowship, and it's called heaven. And He's going to come back, and He's going he's to undo this world. You can cheer up. It's not going to stay this way. He's going to fix it. It's going to get real bad before it gets good, though. He's going to let man run out the clock. And then he's going to come and fix it. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. The number one thing about the reality of heaven and making sure that you're going there is waking up to some truths that we need to consider. Number one, write it down if you would, it's this, that there is a natural witness of creation. God has not asked any of you to make a blind leap of faith. Now, believe in me, close your eyes, put a blindfold on, and leap out into darkness. The God of the Bible doesn't do that. Psalm chapter 8, verse 3, regarding the natural witness of creation, should cause you and I to want to go to heaven, and the reality of heaven can be argued. The psalmist says, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, you ought to circle the word ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him? Isn't that awesome? The word ordained here is epic. The starry sky, God says, I've ordained it. Teleonomic, I've set a course for them to travel on. It's so certain. You can do math later on in the 20 and 21st centuries, and you'll be able to figure out when to launch a rocket from Florida or from California. You can figure out by my mechanics of the heavens just right where the space station could meet up with the incoming capsule. Did you know you cannot do that? JPL could never figure that out except or unless God is dependable. Think about that. I don't believe in God. Why not? 
He screams at us and says, you think this is something? I've got a heaven coming. Your eyes can't even handle it. Your ears can't even receive it. And I've given you a physical or natural witness. The second thing is that there's a personal witness that all of us can agree with. And that is all of us have a conscience. There's a consciousness that God has given you. See, you can say today, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in heaven. It's funny, you don't believe in heaven, but you want to live in a beautiful place and beautiful manicured lawns and gardens and you want to live in a, if you could, you'd live in a palace and I believe that you're searching for heaven, you don't know it. And you want to have stability and protection and safety and you don't want to, you don't want to, you want your kids to be unstable like you were, so you give them everything and why? Because you want them to experience something better. Why would you deprive that from God wanting you to experience something better in heaven? Thus, our conscience, amazing thing, conscience. Do you realize right now your, your, your physical body, listen, we've, done, we've, we've been doing this for thousands of years. If we cut you open like a Christmas turkey and <laughs> took out all your parts and we searched for your conscience, <laughs> think about it. Where is it? Could it be here? Let's, let's open that up. What's that thing? What's that little thing behind the liver right there? What's that? That's not it. Where's your conscience? So you got to move up. It's up near the head. It's, it's in the head. Oh, we open up your head. Look around. There's not much up there, by the way. Did you know that? Your brain is highly composed of cholesterol and other types of things. It's, um, it's there. It's about seven and a half, eight pounds. Crack that thing open, put it out there, look around. You know, the brain today is still more advanced than any of the observable universes we've seen. The brain. Listen, and people look at it. What is it? It's a brain. What do we do with it? We're not exactly sure. It's beyond us. But where's the conscience? Nowhere. How'd it get there? Isn't that amazing? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, 1 Timothy 4, 1, a familiar verse because it's so important for our age and will become more important every day. But 1 Timothy 4, 1 says, that the, Now the Holy Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, the last days, as we approach the end of time, some will depart from the faith. Some will give up for whatever reasons. Jesus gives you those reasons in Matthew 13 in the parable of the sower and the seed. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to give heed, give attention. Watch, people. It means that they're going to give themselves fully over attention, completely yielded to deceiving spirits. Stop right there. To, to be so captivated by something and you're watching it. And you're listening. You can't even hear anybody else. Susie, 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 Susie. And they're like this. Have you ever seen this happen? And then you have to touch them. Excuse me, I'm talking to you. What? What is it? What? I've been speaking to you. What is it? Where have you been? I'm just, I'm just watching this or looking at this game or what? Huh? 
Oh, what's up? <laughs> the Bible says that there's going to be people who depart from the faith. I'm done with this Christian stuff. I'm learning some really cool stuff over here. It's captivating. Isn't it amazing that when you're going to read the Bible, you got to work at it? I mean, I'm confessing. I didn't ask you about this. I'm confessing. I assume it's the same. Is it hard for you to read the Bible? Come on. Yes? Me too. The moment I, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read it. It's awesome. Nobody's awake. It's a great morning. I'm going to read my Bible. And it's almost like hell goes, no, you're not. <laughs> and the doorbell goes off or the fire alarm or I don't know what. Are you with me? Somebody calls. Wrong number. I'm sorry. It's like Satan. Call, call that number. Call it. You have, to, you have to work at it. The moment, though, the moment something of a demonic power comes along, like a deceiving spirit to teach, you know, you're captivated. You just go, oh. And you can barely go to work. You're captivated. The Bible says, watch out, there's going to be days right at the end that things are going to captivate you to pull you into a, another world. It's not even real. It's a world of demonic influences. And then the second thing is, look what he says here, that what's before us also is doctrines of demons. Oof. Demons telling people things. I had a dream. Yeah, watch out. The Bible says this would characterize the last days. This sounds like a Jerry Springer program or... That kind of stuff. Or Oprah show. I died and I saw I went and it was amazing. And Jesus is really no big deal. He was just all with us. And you, you can believe anything you want. You got heaven. That's right out of the pit of hell. That's exactly what Satan wants you to believe. But listen, in 1 Timothy 4.1, it says speaking lies and hypocrisy. I'm sorry. Stay indoors, wear your mask, and you can't go to any restaurants. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Listen, this is the punchline. Having their conscience seared with a hot... Iron. We'll, we'll end here. Listen, this is what this means. They, they started listening to things that caused them to pull away from the faith. They gave themselves over to its full attention. They invested in it. Little did they know it was the workings of demon spirits, invisible, and it, it never got a hold of their attention. They never figured that part out. And why would the, why would the spiritual dark world tell you about their plans anyway. If they're really smart, and they are, they're not going to tell you, hey, we're going to attack you next week. <laughs> Jesus said if somebody knew that, they would not allow their home to be broken into. Right. right? So look at this. They speak lies in hypocrisy. What does that mean? They dress up in white 
while they tell you darkness. We're here to help. Watch out. Having their own conscience seared. The word seared is where we get the word carterize, caterizzo, to carterize something, to heat up a piece of metal, glowing hot, to take an open wound that is hemorrhaging. You can take that hot iron and you can put it right on the wound and melt it shut and save someone's life. When, listen, depending upon what kind of surgery you're having, the doctor can cut with the blade and right connected to the blade is a little item that trails the blade and it lasers the skin, melts the skin right back together when it's cut. It's brilliant. It's brilliant with the right application. But if you've ever had a scar and then you open up that scar again, have you ever ripped open a scar and if that keeps happening, you keep bumping it, tearing it, ripping it. You know what happens? You wind up getting skin that loses its ability to feel. The, the skin becomes dead. And you can rub your hand across and you'll feel the dead area. And then you'll pick up on the feeling again. The sensation's gone where it has been traumatized beyond feeling. When that happens, you can't feel anymore. These people, what's happened to them is that they dabbled into something and they got burned. They just burned. But then they went back to it and they got burned again. And they went back again to it a little bit and they got burned, but it wasn't that bad of a burn. Then they went again and then they couldn't even feel the burn after a while. Then they could just pick it up and hold it. Can you do this? (laughs) You've seen those guys? Walk across, you know, in Hawaii, they have the fire walkers, which is like nuts. It's like, you, and the, I don't know, you know, I go there for the food. I don't go there for the show. <laughs> but the guy goes, hey, watch this. You throw him the stuff, and he walks bare feet on hot and burning coals. And it's just like, yeah, I'm not impressed. <laughs> don't want to do that. I mean, what's the point? I can do it. Yeah, I, I would freak out. I don't feel anything. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> when the LAPD brings a man in for having committed multiple murders in the apartment and they ask him, how did you do it? With a knife. How long did it take? A couple hours. What were you thinking? I don't know. Wondering what they felt, Maybe. What did you feel? Uh, nothing. Conscience seared with a hot iron. Having committed something so often, listen, listen, you've committed it so often that you don't even feel it anymore. And the danger is you can even go to church stuck in tradition, but living that kind of a life. You've been hurt so many times, for example, if you don't keep your heart tender and safe in the arms of Jesus, you can be hurt so many times that you even think you're protecting yourself and shielding yourself from that. And you'll only get involved in the situation so far, then you'll pull back. 
and something really good comes along, but you've conditioned yourself to pull back. You know why? Because for some reason, hurt, pain, sorrow, disappointment, you've somehow concluded, not only will I never have a house like Blindham Palace <laughs> or Captain the Great, but I don't care. I don't care about your heaven. I don't care about your Bible. I don't care about any of that stuff. Because you have allowed your heart to become so seared that it can't feel anymore. And that when, when the Bible tells you God loves you, you say, not me. Not for me. This is a danger. You see, the way you get to heaven is by the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins. But if you've become so callous to your own activity that you don't see yourself a sinner, you are in epic, eternal danger. And if everything you do is followed up by a justification sentence out of your mouth, you're even further And when you, when you do something and, and you get caught and then you say, yeah, but you know what? It's because callous, callous, hardened, hardened, no feeling. You know who's in heaven? A bunch of sinners are in heaven. How do you know? Ask them. You can ask them. You can read the, their statements in the book. Isaiah saw heaven. You know what he said? Isaiah. Woe is me. I'm undone. My lips are filthy. I'm wicked. And I live in, a, I live in an entire nation that's wicked. You know what God said to him? God said, I have taken a coal from off the altar and placed it on your tongue. And you are purged. Your iniquity has been removed from you. Isaiah is in heaven today and he still thinks he's a sinner. When you and I get to heaven, you know what? We're going to walk like this. We're going to be like a bunch of people walking in to Captain the Great's uh, palace. So what, what, what are we doing here? Just shut up. Just come on. <laughs> just, act like you're, just act like you're supposed to be here. <laughs> Nod your head. Sure. It's like... We're here? Think about it. Are we here? Oh, we're here. <laughs> How long are we staying? Uh, forever. Um, think about it. Because listen, when you, when you walk through, it's going to say something like, imagine the gate. Imagine the gate. Called before the foundations of the world. Right? And you walk through, you walk in, and you look back in the back side of the gate. And it says something to the effect, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you're standing there, oh. And let me tell you, friend, it's going to cause everything in this world that man can build to look like a joke. Glory be to God that 
Heaven is not made with human hands. What awaits us is absolutely awesome that it takes sanctified imagination to begin to wonder how in the world will the trees be used? Trees, and there'll be water in a street, main street, heaven down the main street. The street is transparent but gold in color. And the nations will come and bring their glory to it. Nations! And the kings will honor the Lord from year to year, it says. Think about it. The Bible, have you ever thought about that? That's not metaphorical, man. That's going to happen. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Three.